welcome to Rise Up For You, a unique podcast dedicated to uplifting women in their day-to-day life, but open to all to enjoy and share. My name is Natalina, the founder of Rise Up For You, through interviews with various experts and professionals on relationships, investing, self-worth, entrepreneurship, love, and health. This podcast is committed to empowering and spreading knowledge and motivation to all. Rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater tomorrow. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Monday. Welcome to Rise Up For You. This is Natalina, your host. This is episode number 37 with Adam Bornstein. Before we jump into our episode... Hope you had a great weekend. Just want to remind you that Rise Up For You has completely redone their website. I would love for you to go and check it out. We have some freebies for you on there, some gifts. So please head over to www.riseupforyou.com and you just take a hold of everything. Whatever you want, it's completely free. On top of that, I do want to let you know that I have launched my coaching webinar last week. I would love for you to sign up. It's completely free, absolutely free. And I will be talking with you about confidence and mindset and how to just step into the world at your best and truly lead your best life. So today, episode number 37 with Adam Bornstein. He is incredible. Such a beautiful heart. Adam is a New York Times bestselling author and he's the founder of Born Fitness. It's a company that specializes in personalized online fitness and diet coaching. Adam is an award-winning fitness and nutrition writer and editor and he has been named one of the most influential people in health. He is the author of seven books, including three fitness bestsellers, a columnist for muscle and fitness and men's fitness, and a fitness advisor for Arnold Schwarzenegger's website. His work has been featured everywhere from the New York Times and Fast Company to ESPN and the magazine and GQ. He is incredible. He has such a beautiful heart and he is here with us today and he's going to talk with us about the do's and don'ts of health and fitness. He's going to give us some tips on how we can eat healthier and he's really going to let us know how we can take care of our health and our body the right way. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's it's such an honor. You're like the guru of fitness, so I'm so excited to talk with you today. Far too much praise, but I'm excited to be speaking <laughs> with you as well, so thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm honored to have you on the show, and I always like to start off the show by letting the audience kind of get to know the guests. So for anybody that's not familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do, Adam? Yeah, so a little bit about myself, so I don't bore you and take you all the way back to third grade stories. Uh, the short history was I was a researcher at a couple of different universities, the University of Colorado and the University of Florida, so I have a very strong science background. Eventually, I ended up being the fitness editor for Men's Health Magazine. I did that for about four years, and then I became the editorial director of Livestrong.com. At the time I was there, we made it into the biggest health website on the entire internet, which is a crazy thing to think about. It was bigger than the WebMDs and everyone there and had a lot of fun doing that. And eventually I left to start my own thing, Born Fitness. And Born Fitness is kind of a combination of all the stuff that I always wanted to do or did do while I was working for different brands, but a little bit more on my terms and in a way that makes health 
more inclusive. I feel that a lot of times health, fitness, nutrition can be exclusive, whereas it, it feels like it's for the it's a society of haves versus have-nots. And uh, I don't use the word hate very often, but I hate that mentality. I hate the idea that uh, someone based on whether they're socioeconomic background or their history or their gender or their experience can't get healthy or fit or achieve their any physical type goals. So Born Fitness is about trying to find different ways to do that. And we go about it a lot of different ways. There's coaching people online. There is creating content for all the media brands that are used to work for. There's writing books. And then there's consulting with health and fitness businesses and uh, other people who are trying to make an impact in the fitness industry. Because I realized a long time ago, the biggest impact I can have in health and fitness is if I don't make it all about me. Mm. If I empower almost an army of people who can help others, because I know that what I offer isn't for everyone. I have strengths and weaknesses just like anyone else. And uh, the other people in this industry have other strengths where I am weak. And if I can empower those people to help others or build their business, then we're going to achieve a lot more. So that, that's kind of, uh, I think, the, the long and short of it. I, I love that. I love that you saying you said that it's not about you, which is such a great mentality to have. So how did you step into the world of health and fitness? What was your aha moment that was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do? It was a total, complete accident. I can't lie. It just, I, I always thought health and fitness was more of a hobby. I, I trained people going back, first got my first certification. I want to say when I was 19 years old and was training people in gyms, but it was always, it was a hobby. Uh, I never really thought I could uh, either make money doing it or just be happy doing it. And as I said, my focus was always on the science side of things. And then inevitably, I, I kind of had a change of heart and knew how much I enjoyed writing. So I thought that I would just write, but I love sports and I love writing. So I thought I was going to be a sports writer and I, I had trouble getting writing jobs because all of my writing experience was in the academic side, creating studies. So I went back to school and one day my mentor, the wonderful Ted Spiker, uh, who was, I, I guess, now the journalism chair at the University of Florida, I went down and sat with him and I asked him, how do I do what, what you do? Because at the time, uh, Spiker was writing for every magazine under the sun. He had a couple best-selling uh, fitness books. He you know, was an editor once at Men's Health before moving over and working as a professor at the University of Florida. And you know, I was a grad student over there. And you know, he asked me a few questions and he's like, so I got a really simple question. You, know, you like writing and you do it by trade and you like health and fitness and you've done that by trade, why don't you just write about health and fitness? <laughs> and when I tell you that I was probably, oh, I had to be like 26 years old by now. I'd gone and had a job and a profession and then gone back to school. I was sitting there at 26 years old and like, wait, it's, obviously, how, how have I never even <laughs> thought of this? How have I not figured this out? And it changed everything. Uh, it just allowed me to focus on using my background in, in training in physiology and exercise science and nutrition to create content with a focus on trying to take what is very complex and make it digestible again so that it was more inclusive and it eventually led to that job at Men's Health and it, and it went from there. I love that. I love that your mentor saw what you had and, that, and helped you realize that. What was your, um, you're incredibly passionate about what you do and your mission. What's one philosophy that's floating around in the in industry that really frustrates you in regards to health and fitness? Do I have to just pick one? 
Uh, you can tell me all of them if you want. <laughs> this would this would go forever. Uh, I, I think the one that bothers me is this dogmatic approach to fitness, and I've talked about this before. And what I mean by this, the differing opinions in in fitness or nutrition are not a problem. The problem is that some people just can't accept that there is more than one way to help a person. Mm. And in research, you find this. What I always found most interesting is, and I, I, you know, I still heavily immerse myself in research these days, when you read the studies, a lot of times it's not the main result that's so interesting. It's actually looking at the data and seeing that if someone was put on a muscle building or a fat loss protocol, uh, you're, you're going to get you know, the standard deviations. You're going to get the averages. So the, kind of the big picture takeaway. But what I like looking at is the people who are compliant, the people who follow the plan, what was the variation? And you'll see that sometimes you have people who, you know, on a program might gain 10 pounds of muscle and another person might gain two pounds of muscle. And it's very easy to just assume that, oh, the person who gained two pounds didn't do a good job. But the reality is, you know, each person is so completely unique in so many different ways that there are principles that apply to all of us. But, you know, there are going to be physiological, there's going to be aspects of science that ultimately determine what you're going to be successful with. And there's also, you know, things of behavioral change of psychology that are going to play such a big role. You know, I, I use the example all the time trying to, you know, talk about diets that work. And the reality is a lot of different diets work. And a popular one right now is paleo. I'm not going to be pro or con on paleo. I'm going to look at it from a more of a, a practical standpoint. That is, if you're a person who loves, let's say, pasta and breads, and treats, uh, if you decide to go on the paleo diet, and I know this about you, I'm going to give you a likelihood of success of very, very, very low, and not because there's a problem with the paleo diet, but just because it's not a good match for you. The same way that if you go on a fitness program that requires you to work out five days per week, and you know you only have time to work out three days per week, you're not going to succeed. So the goal for so many people isn't to find the perfect program. The goal for so many people isn't to find the magic bullet. The goal for most people is usually to, to come to some uh, deeper recognition of self of what am I good at? What am I not good at? What can I realistically change? What can I not realistically change? And knowing these things, which, which you know, plan or diet or fitness program I go on, do I actually feel not only that I can you know, do well, but believe that you can achieve? Because most people in their life, they, they wake up believing that their body is meant to be a certain way or believing that going on any type of diet plan is going to make them miserable. And the reality is none of that is true. And the way to get you to believe something different so that you can be consistent and work hard on it is find a plan that you actually feel comfortable with. And there are so many plans out there and that's, you know, the, the process that people have to go through, but there's so much fighting because everyone wants to have the plan for everyone and it doesn't exist. No one plan is going to work for every single person because even if it's perfect from a scientific standpoint, it not, might not be perfect from a behavioral standpoint and that might be the whole reason why it fails and there's nothing wrong with that. So I think there's more than enough bread in this industry to go around and that is there's so many people who can be successful because is there really an industry where there's ever going to run out of demand? Everyone at every point in their life is always going to care about their health in some way, shape, or form. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get a six-pack or if you're just trying to be healthy enough to play with your kids. Uh, your health is innately important to everyone. Mm. So it should be less about trying to fight and find out, like, why my program is better than yours and just get back to the fundamental essence of why a lot of people join this industry in the first place, and that's to help people. And that sounds really, you know, 
Like, I just want to give everyone a big hug, but let's be honest. I mean, that's the best part about this industry. And I think when people focus on that and then focus on who they can help the most, that's when you're going to have the most success because you're going to focus on uh, really benefiting the people that you're going to have the greatest connection with and who your program is best for, as opposed to just getting in unnecessary fights over whether your program or your approach is better than someone else's. I love the fact that your answer isn't a cookie cutter. You understand that that's not sustainable to take one program or two programs and put it on every single person. And I speak from experience because there's so many times when I've had, you know, personal trainers that'll be like, okay, this is what you have to do. This is what I've done with my past 30 clients. And honestly, it hasn't worked for my body. (laughs) And I'm like, ah, it probably doesn't work for me. So I love that you, that again, your answer is not cookie cutter and and it's very open-minded in the sense that every individual is different and we need to create not a diet, but a lifestyle that's going to suit them. Right. You want people to feel good. Like what happens is it's inevitable that everyone's going to try a fitness program or diet and they're going to fail on it at some point. And it's very easy to turn inward and say either my body is broken or be I'm terrible at this. And instead you should be not looking at yourself as a failure, but instead ask yourself, why didn't it work out? And that's a lesson for anything in life. You know, you can look at anything that you don't succeed at and you can either say that I am not a success or you can ask yourself the reasons why you weren't successful and how you can go ahead and make those changes and get there. And I truly believe that anyone can set a goal and achieve it. The hardest part isn't, you know, what is your body capable of? The hardest part is finding a plan that actually works for you. And it does take some patience. You know, you can be the most diligent and deliberate person in the world and still have on a plan that ends up not working. But it doesn't mean that your body is broken. And I think when people come to understand that and, and understand that while we all have short-term goals, uh, knowing that, you know, your health, your fitness, your nutrition, it, it is a long-term thing, you know, it, whether your goals shift at some point in life doesn't really matter. You're always going to be paying attention to how you look, how you feel, how you age uh, in a different capacity, which means that there's always going to be something you're going to want to be doing. So you want to make sure you find something that that's just a good fit for you. Mm. So being conscious of our health and our fitness, I mean, it's really a full-time job. What are some tips that you have for making it easier for the working man or woman who is out there that says, you know, I don't have time to eat healthy. I don't have time to work out. What are some tips that you have that can, you know, help them implement a healthier lifestyle? The best place to start is to find your gateway behavior. And, you know, it's what I mean by that is, you know, if you look at the, the study of behavioral change, the, the goal is to find something that you can repeatedly do to the point that it's hard to fail. So you want to make your success easy. And I think a lot of people, uh, setting goals is a wonderful thing. Writing them down could be a great thing. But the, the biggest problem is oftentimes people bite off more than they can chew. Mm. You know, the, the analogy I make is that, you know, would you walk in on your first day of work at a new job and a new skill and try and do everything that the CEO of the company is doing? Of course you wouldn't because it'd be like drinking, you know, from a, from a fire hose and you'd be overwhelmed and you wouldn't know half the stuff you're doing, but that's the way most people set up their fitness programs. They're like, I'm going to eat perfect. I'm going to eat vegetables at every single meal. I'm going to buy all the right groceries. I'm going to work out five days a week. I'm going to be perfect with my sleep. I'm going to reduce my stress. I'm, I'm not going to eat any bad food. It's, uh, and it's too much for anyone. The reality is that you have to find the one behavior that you can start with that you can repeatedly do and build off of that. So you want to find that gateway. And sometimes the gateway people, you know, misunderstand that, you know, it's like, oh, I need to work out three days a week. And three days a week of working out means I have to go to the gym, which means I have to lift weights, which means I have to be uncomfortable. If the goal is to work out three days a week, find the activity, whatever type of exercise is that is 
most familiar, most comfortable for you that you will do those three days a week for a consistent period of time, whether it's walking, running, swimming, playing basketball, lifting weights, it doesn't really matter. And you build that habit and then you can build off of that habit. It's the same way with eating. So, I mean, the, the biggest thing that people can do is kind of find that minimum effective dose, knowing that that's not enough in and of itself. But that's the first step. That's how you you program that behavior and allow yourself to build off of it. The same way that you would rise up in a company and become successful is the approach that you want to take with your body. You do not become the CEO overnight, and you do not become the CEO of your body overnight, even though it's your own body. You have to climb the career ladder. You have to set up steps. You have to then occasionally when you are rising up in that career ladder, you have to create challenges that are greater so that you, you do challenge yourself. It can't just be the easy road because then you, you always sit at the same position. So you have to make sure that the challenges are sizable enough, but at the same time, not so much that you set yourself up for failure. That's the worst thing you can do. And you shouldn't put your fitness and nutrition in a box. If this is what it's supposed to look like. Start with what is doable and manageable and build from there. And it, it's the best advice. You know, I, I teach people essentially the idea of change. And, and that starts with, you know, success breeds success. It's true in anything in life and mm. uh, believing you can do something or enjoying the process. I mean, how many people start programs where they're absolutely miserable? And it's not that they don't want to do it. It's just that they, they pick something that they just don't enjoy. This stuff should be fun. Eating is fun. I love eating. I absolutely love eating. Eating should be fun. Exercise should be fun. I love it. And I'm the type of guy that I realize I love going to the gym. That's not for everyone. So if that's not, you know, your preferred method, find something that allows you to include activity in your life, whether it's hiking or skiing or, or who knows, or doing group fitness, a boot camp. It doesn't really matter. Uh, find a plan that feels doable to you and start there and then build. Don't put yourself in that hole where you create so many more tasks than you can actually achieve. Mm-hmm. So Adam, I have moments like everybody else where I make like horrible decisions when it comes to, to food and it, and it destroys me for the next week. Um, how do we avoid these temptations? And, and is there any advice that you have for convincing yourself to do, to do the right thing? I mean, for as much as I work out and for, I, mean, I eat pretty decent, I should be pretty thin, <laughs> but I always have these moments where I, you know, I grab something that's, you know, I don't know, bread and then I just keep going and I keep going and I keep going and then I cut it out again. What can you tell us about, I guess, not cutting it out, but maybe convincing yourself to make healthier options more often? I've got a pretty unique take on this because I think the the part that you want to do is set up a plan where you have that allowance to go ahead and grab that bread or the chocolate or whatever it might be. The idea or the problem with trying to be perfect is that no one can be perfect so if you set the early expectation that you have to avoid everything at some point you're going to crack you're going to break and you're going to begin that landslide so it's two things one any plan that forces you to be perfect or removes everything that you enjoy probably isn't the right plan for you i mean uh, alan aragon who's a nutritionist who i've known for almost 10 years now a brilliant guy in the field you know is notorious for saying you know when he sets up diet plans and alan has done diet plans for me you know, that his idea is to focus on 80 to 90% compliance. And that could be on any given day, you have 10 to 20% to just eat what you want. Now realize that for some people it's difficult. You know, it's tough to just take a couple slices of bread or a few pieces of chocolate and cut that off. So if that's the case, you want to watch out with the frequency. Some people can have a small treat every single day and it's enough to satisfy them. 
Mm. Some people, if they do it every single day, it's too much for them. So they have to maybe do it once a week or once every two weeks. But you still want to build in that leeway. And the other thing that I'll tell people is, you know, beyond that, we're going to have days where we go out with friends and we just decide to drink too much or eat too much or eat an entire cheesecake. Trust me, I've literally eaten an entire cheesecake. I've eaten an entire Chicago-style pizza. It's not the proudest moment for me. It was coming. I was on the road for 27 out of 30 days. Last stop was in Chicago. Uh, I'm an originally a Chicagoan, and uh, Lou Malnati's Pizza is my favorite pizza out there. I got their deep dish. I had an entire pie. It was rather gluttonous. It wasn't a great thing. Uh, not, not the best look, but you know what? These things happen. And what I can tell you about this is a lot of people will have that one bad day of eating or that one terrible meal and it becomes a week because they they feel that that one bad meal or that one bad day ruined everything. And that would be akin to saying that you had the best workout in the world and because you had the best workout in the world, suddenly you're going to be fit, lean, and awesome. Right. It doesn't work that way. Fat loss does not occur in a vacuum and neither does muscle gain. So realize that one single meal or one single bad day will never overwhelm you the more comprehensive outlooks. That's why when I work with clients, a lot of them I tell them to think about their diets either as a as a thirty day cycle or a seven day cycle. I try and meet people where they are where it's easier for them to digest. So if you have one bad day out of seven in a week, so you're six out of seven, you're doing pretty good. You're, I mean, and, and we're talking about being on point, and we're talking like just completely going off the rails. And if you were to do that week over week. So you're getting, you know, those 12 out of 14 days. You're getting those, you know, the 18 out of, 20, out of 21 days. When you look at the overall compliance, it's going to build on itself. So either you take that idea where it's okay to fail small, knowing that that gives you that comfort, or if you fail big, you just realize that don't overemphasize the impact of those errors because they're much smaller. And if you do realize that it becomes a more of a consistent behavior, it goes back to that first step of, all right, which part of the plan that I have created is too tough? Why is it causing me to binge eat or not be able to stop this? Is it because I'm too hungry? Am I not drinking enough? Am I not eating enough greens? Am I not taking in enough protein? Is it because I'm you know, exercising a certain way that's spurring that hunger? Is it the way that I've structured my day or my diet? The idea is less about like just creating this structure that makes it impossible. Instead, putting you in control where you feel that you know why you're eating or living a certain way that you are. And if things go wrong, you understand how to course correct. That's oftentimes what I do with online coaching clients. I tell everyone the goal of anyone who works with me is that I want to be able to put them in control of their body, understand what works for them, but understand that, you know, if something goes wrong, how to course correct. And it's what I try and do with my writing. And it's what I think any person should try and do because a mistake or a bad day is only as bad as you make it. Hmm. And it's time for you always to remember like, we all make mistakes, we all have errors, we all have bad days, but the amount of damage or the amount that we allow it to swell is really just dependent on us. Mm. So, well, my last question here was, was going to ask you what are the top three tips when it comes to eating healthy, but I mean, for the most part, it sounds like you, you know, put it all together. Is there anything that, anything different or do you have any top three tips that you would recommend? I mean, but what you said is pretty spot on. Yeah. I mean, the first one is just to allow that flexibility. Uh, so, you know, don't try to create the perfect plan because it will be imperfect and it'll lead you to backslide. Uh, the second one I think is, you know, just, it's an emphasis on protein in general because of mm. the way that, that macronutrient is broken down. That doesn't mean you have to hyper feed on protein, but if you include a little bit of protein in every single meal, it's more metabolically active, which means you metabolize, you burn more of that. It keeps you fuller. Uh, it can slow digestion. 
it's just a wonderful thing. And it, it's, it's one of the essential elements like, of what our body is made out of, you know, it's, proteins, which are amino acids are a building block of, of life and, and tissue and everything in your body. And, you know, the third one is, uh, honestly, it's, it's enjoy it. It's really enjoy. I mean, eating should be enjoyable. And I think if you're on an eating plan that makes you miserable, uh, something, something is off. And sometimes people go, have short term goals that, uh, force them into small scale, periods where maybe it's not fun but the overall goal should be sure that you you kind of enjoy the food that you have that you know food should be nurturing it should be restorative you know when i talk to people about you know creating uh diet plans a lot of times the diets that i will create or the diets that i recommend or the experts that i learn from and uh, you know i surround myself with lots of them you know if someone's training really hard the diet is meant to fuel them so they could feel good during their 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 sessions. If it's because people have trouble with compliance, they try and include desserts. If someone, you know, feels that they need to, that they'll go crazy without carbs, you can create a diet with plenty of carbs that still allows you to lose fat. It's a matter of understanding what you need in your diet and then manipulating the other elements because, you know, the, the rule of calories still applies, but there's so many ways to manipulate macronutrients, whether it's your proteins, whether it's fats, whether your carbs, to get you to lose or gain weight that, it, you know, the manipulations should, without a doubt, consider behavioral factors. Going back to um, the second tip there, is there an average of macros that, as far as protein is concerned, or would you say that it's really dependent on each person? It's going to be dependent on each person. In, in general, you know, you could go off a rule that it's going to be anywhere between like 0.6 to 1 gram per pound of goal body weight. So the saying that uh, I'm sure I did not create, but I've been saying it for so long that it's almost like second nature is that you want to eat for the body you want, not the body you have. Mm. So a lot of times people will follow these, uh, you know, these percentages or these amounts where they are eating essentially to maintain the current body rather than making adjustments to they want. So if you know a goal weight, if you are you know, 150 pounds and you want to be 130 pounds or you're 200 pounds and you want to be 100, you know, 70 pounds, whatever it is. If you're 150 and you want to be 130, you eat for that 130 pound body and you set it up in a way that allows you to progressively do it. You don't try and do it overnight. The biggest mistake that a lot of people make is they, they create a diet that almost forces them into a plateau. And the perfect example is this, you know, people will go ahead and they will cut out all carbs and they'll go on a diet and they'll lose a bunch of weight initially and then eventually the weight loss stops. And they're like, well, what, what do I do now? And the hard part is they put themselves in a position where they, it's very hard for them to create more manipulations because they're already starting at zero carbs. If you're already starting at zero carbs, you're already putting me in a position where I cannot manipulate those carbohydrates. And some of the weight you probably lost was uh, water weight because you know carbs hold water in the body. And if you deplete those carb stores, there's going to glycogen, which is you know a, a carbohydrate source in your body, it's just going to be manipulated where at the moment you eat carbs, you suddenly swell back up and gain a lot of weight. And that's when people end up going, oh, look, I'm carb sensitive. I can't eat carbs. I'm not carb sensitive. You're carb depleted. You depleted <laughs> yourself completely and then you filled up the tank. And of course you're going to fluctuate. The carbohydrates hold more water. They pull that water in your cell. You gain that water weight back and you're like, oh, I just can't eat carbs. No, that's not what happened at all. Anyone can eat carbs. Some people might have real food allergies where they have to avoid certain carbs, but you know, you want to build a plan that you don't bite off more than you can chew because, again, no one wants to plateau. It's better to create that small calorie deficit or that small carbohydrate deficit or you know, remove some fat, start losing weight, and then once you hit that plateau, then you make it another adjustment. Then you make it another adjustment. But the people who try and 
lose it all at once at extreme measures. It's not saying that you can't try and take off big chunks initially, but when you go so far to the extreme that you don't leave your diet any room to manipulate, you're working yourself uh, into an inevitable dead end. And that's where so many people get frustrated. They just try to do it too fast. Whereas the, you know, no one likes to be patient, but the patient approach, especially to weight loss is always the best way to go. Mm -hmm. I love, I love it, Adam. I love everything that you've said thus far. Um, I'd love to jump into our power section, if that's okay with you, with some questions. I love some power. (laughs) Okay. Um, Can you tell us one book that you have read that has had a massive impact on your life that you think would be beneficial to recommend? All these questions of one, this is always like Sophie's choice. (laughs) So much, so many great options. Uh, I'll I'll go with a non-fitness one here because it's a little bit counterintuitive. I do a lot of stuff on the business side, as I mentioned. So there's a book called Zero to One that is phenomenal that I think applies to many different walks of life because what it does more than anything is helps people focus. I've heard about this book, but I haven't gotten it yet. So it's a quick read. It's wonderful. And the idea of focus on anything in your life, especially with your fitness goals really helps, you know, the the most uh, traditional one is, you know, people want to lose all this fat and gain all this muscle at the same time. And they also want to eat better and they also want to be healthier and they also want to look younger. And it's like the idea of focus and how easy it is to, achieve that focus and the impact it has when you actually get down to the granular level of what do I want to achieve, how do I want to achieve it, and how do I block out any distractions that exist is incredibly powerful. It's, it's a very empowering book, it, and it's uh, it's one that allows you to, it's one of those books that you get done reading and you kind of look at your own life and I'm like, all right, how many distractions and roadblocks am I actually putting in my way and then I'm complaining about things when, you know, the roadblocks that are there are created by me. Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's definitely uh, something I highly recommend for people to check out. Okay, definitely. I'll do that for sure. And, and what's one thing, Adam, that you have accomplished that you're proud of? It's that one question again. <laughs> in, in business, in life? Um, I would say to you overall, the one thing that comes straight to mind, whether business, life, family, anything that you're just extremely proud of. It's my family. I have, uh, this is the awe section, but the reality is I don't know if my wife has ever listened to a podcast I've been on in my life. Um, <laughs> she gets enough of my voice. I have, I have the best wife in the world, and I have a newborn son who I'm absolutely obsessed with. He's three months old right now. and Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. The, the people that I hold close in my life are, are very important. I tell everyone that, you know, to me, life is about two things. It's about people and it's about experiences. Mm. And... I get both at a higher level than anything with my wife and my child. I always say I'm not a very easy person to deal with because I'm kind of addicted to work and helping people and believing I can change the world. It's a very grandiose view of the world, and I do love to work myself to the bone, and they ground me because they allow me to be me, but they also give me that uh, that reality check and remind me that you know, outside of work, outside of helping other people, there's the people that are closest to you that oftentimes, you know, it's easy to take them for granted, but if you, you know, stop and slow down and pay attention to them, they're the best things in the world. Um, I'm, I, I don't really have the words to explain how I feel about uh, both of them, other uh, than I'm very lucky, and I think, you know, it's, it's a lesson for all of us that, you know, the people that we hold closest to us, if uh, we occasionally give them a little more time or their, their due respect, it's, uh, it's very enriching, it's very empowering, and uh, I think all of us are just looking to be, you know, healthy and feel better. I mean, this is, uh, this is rise up for you. Mm. Uh, you know, the best, one of the easiest things you can do to, to rise yourself to build up is to focus on the people who are closest to you and how much they love you. And, uh, never, never overlook that. In the worst of moments, rely on the people who are closest to you and they, they will make you feel amazing. Wow. I hope your wife listens to this episode. <laughs> 
I, I'm going to try now. So I'm, like, I'm going to be like, Rach, I actually talked about you in this <laughs> Um, Adam, are there any routines that you have that help you get a positive rise in your life, whether it's a daily routine, a morning routine, maybe something that you do weekly or once a month? Uh, there, there are two things. So one is uh, my morning routine. I'm an early riser. I love getting up in the morning. I mean, some people say that, you know, in order to be successful, you have to get up early. Listen, some people just aren't morning people and you shouldn't force it. But I do think, you know, having a morning routine that gets you started off well. And the first thing I do is, uh, I meditate for 10 minutes and then I take five minutes to write out the goals for the day. And then I take those initial goals and I make a list of one. What is the one thing that I must get done today? So that no matter what happens during the course of the day, I have to get that one goal done. And if I get that done, I can consider that day a success. Mm. And it gets back to the idea of focus and it gets back to making sure that you really have no bad days because listen, bad stuff is going to happen. But at the end of each day, if you look at yourself and be like, hey, did I get done what I wanted to do? You might not have gotten everything done, but if you could honestly look at yourself and be like, hey, the one goal that I set aside that I want to do, I did. It, it, it kind of like puts you at ease of being like, all right, we're moving forward. Because in life, like there, there's never, I don't believe there's a wrong step. I just think the only wrong step is no steps at all. Mm. You know, we, we all take these different paths where we worry, is this the right decision, the wrong decision? And even if it's the wrong decision, it can end up being the right decision because you can make the best out of it or it leads to other opportunities that you don't know what waits down there. But you always want to make sure you're moving forward. I want to make sure that I'm moving forward. So I set that one goal and I have to accomplish it no matter what. You might hear my, my son crying right now. He was, he's in tears back there from what I said earlier. <laughs> um, so that, that's the morning routine. And the one other thing is uh, people write me all the time and I have way too many emails. It's like a big joke, I think. Let me look at my phone quickly. There's like in the inbox got some like 19,000 emails. It's ridiculous. Wow. Uh, I have way too many email accounts though. I make sure that the people who reach out in the contact form, either for my consulting business or for the born fitness business who ask for help, I make sure I get back to at least one of them a week and give that person a call and just answer their questions. Uh, I remember there was a time when I was trying to start as a writer and I just wanted some advice and no one would give me uh, the time of day to give me attention it was the most frustrating thing in the world and there was that one writer who took the time to talk to me and give me advice that had more impact than anything and I, I always tell myself I always want to hopefully be that one person for someone else mm. it gives them that advice that time and uh, I think ego is a dangerous thing and I tell everyone that if I ever become too egotistical that I don't want to help others just for the sake of helping others someone should smack me across the face and bring me back to reality because uh, that's the business we're in. You know, I, I think that like when you help someone, it has an impact on them and they want to help someone moving forward. And that's honestly how we change the world. It's, it's helping other people. So the two things are that morning routine, that meditation, setting that one goal, and making sure that every single week I'm helping at least one person just for the sake of helping them. There doesn't have to be any financial interest. There has to be nothing there. It just has to be like do good for the sake of doing good. I love your humbleness, and I love that you're so kind. It's clear that you... You are where you are because of your heart. And a lot of people, um, they don't think that way sometimes and they forget about that and they, and they, and they do make it about themselves. So your answer was just extremely touching. And and I'm glad to hear that you, that you are like that. You're so cool. This has been such an honor to have you as a guest. And I'm so happy that you were able to make the time. Is there anything that we didn't get a chance to talk about that you would want to say or share with, with the guests and with us today? I mean, the only thing I would say that if you have questions for me or you want to reach out, don't be a stranger. I, I legitimately, as part of the reason why I have so many emails, I say be patient, but I try to respond to every message that people send to me, even if it's just being like, I don't have the time, or I try and refer them to someone else in my business who might be able to have the time or have a better answer than I do, or, or just to re- do a referral to someone else I know. 
Uh, I think the hardest thing that people have, especially in this health industry, is there's a lot of frustration because there's a lot of confusion. And a lot of people sit with that confusion rather than just kind of swallowing pride and reaching out to someone and being like, hey, can you help? Or do you know someone who can help? And it doesn't have to be, you know, the best way is just kind of get your foot in the door. You don't have to send like a a, a five-paragraph essay to someone. But I believe in in life and business and health and fitness, when you're confused, the the best thing you can do is not sit with that confusion or frustration because a lot of us just sit and don't take action. Take action. Reach out to someone and you might be surprised who is there to, to help you out. And, uh, again, I, I know that, uh, as you said, sometimes I might be unique in that, but I think there's a lot more people out there who are willing to help. You, you just have to be willing to ask. Mm. And there's, there's never a problem. The worst thing that happens when you ask is either someone doesn't respond or they say no. And at the end of the day, are you any worse off than before? No. But think about how much you have to gain. Everyone has so much to gain every single day of life. And it's, it's just, it's what excites me about what I do with Born Fitness. It's the reason why I wanted to do this interview. I mean, it's just like, you know, our... Our time, our ability to help others is is infinite. Uh, I truly believe that. So uh, no one should feel like there is something that is preventing them from getting where they want to go. You can't do it all at once. It might take some time. There's going to be a plan and track, but there's no reason that you shouldn't take that first step to to get things rolling. And oftentimes it's just asking for someone for help. That's where it started for me. I sat down in Ted Spiker's office not knowing where I was going or what I was doing. I changed careers three times, and I was like, can you please tell me what you did to get you going? And his words, his advice, his help ended up changing my life. And there's been many people along the way that I consider mentors and helpers and support that have allowed me to get where I am. I would not be there 100% without them. Uh, it's not something I believe is true. I know it's true. And uh, there, there should be no pride in your journey to make a difference or become who you want to be or change your body or whatever your main goals are. Uh, know that a great support system is usually the sign of someone who is uh, who's very successful. Mm. Adam, how do we how do we stay connected to you, and how do we support you? Because I know that there's definitely people that would that are wanting to reach out to you for sure. You can support me by just uh, I always say be the change. You know, do do the thing that feels good in your heart, and make sure you do it. I think in, in this world, oftentimes it's very very easy for people. We we criticize before we compliment because that's that's what's easy. Never be afraid to to give the compliment or tell people how you feel. So uh, you can support my mission by just uh, being good to one another and helping other people stay connected. You got two options for all the fitness stuff. You just go to bornfitness.com. Uh, that's where you get the fitness information, nutrition. We got new content going up all the time. And if you are interested in the coaching program, you can also find information there. If you're more interested on the business side of things, it's just bornfitnessconsulting.com. And that's where we also create content from a business land, how people can uh, build their business online, help reach more clients, make more money. We kind of discuss those topics and, and have offerings for people there. So it's either Born Fitness or Born Fitness Consulting. And uh, all, all the social media handles are all the same. The social media handles are all at Born Fitness. So on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, who knows? Maybe one of these days I'll even join Snapchat. My, my right-hand <laughs> angel has been trying to get me on Snapchat. It's for the like new trend months. I hear. <laughs> I, it's the one platform that I, I've always been into social media. It's the one platform I look at and I'm just, I open it up and I'm like, my goodness, I feel like a grandpa on this thing. I've got no idea what I'm doing. And uh I, I gotta, I gotta make it happen. I love interacting. So all the social accounts, they are, they are not managed by anyone else. They're managed by me, and people know that if they look at my Instagram stuff, because recently it's just been pictures of my baby because he's so freaking sweet. But I swear, I love that. we're lifting stuff on there. We will return to our normally scheduled program message at some point uh, once I get over this obsession, or maybe not. But uh, those are the best ways to, to keep in touch with me. 
I love that. Adam, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. You take care. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us again today. Hope you're having a wonderful week and continue to rise up for you. Don't forget to check us out on social media at Rise Up For You. We are on Periscope, Twitter, Facebook. What else is out there? Instagram, uh, even Pinterest, Snapchat. Check us out. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to see you guys. And uh, if you liked this episode today or you know you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with somebody that you know, whether it's a mentor, a mom, yourself, anybody. We'd love to get the message out there. Thank you again. Rise up for you. Be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow.